Hello everyone, Dr. Alan Mishra with another edition of the Vitality Explorer podcast. Thank you for listening. And we like to start off the podcast, as always, with a quote. And this one is from Abraham Lincoln. Quote, the most reliable way to predict the future is to create it. The most reliable way to predict the future is to create it from Abraham Lincoln. The focus of the podcast, as always, is to enhance your vitality, to improve your physical, mental, social, and or spiritual well-being. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Please share this with your friends and family to help improve their life. Okay, you can find the references to this podcast on Vitality Explorer on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. You can also sign up at vitalityexplorers.com for a free text message newsletter that comes to your phone every Monday. And this week we're going to talk about three new concepts based on scientific data. And here they are. Number one is respect your future self. Number two, skip the pills at the gym. And number three, oxytocin, the love hormone, increases with age. So again, the focus is to enhance your vitality. Our thesis with Vitality Explorers is that vitality is a skill. Vitality is a gift that you can only give yourself. And that is by taking ownership over how you uh, spend your time, how you make your decisions. And this first post is directly related to that core thesis. And the concept of respecting your future self is a so so important, and it's so important to think with time in mind that we're going to go slow with this one. So if we want to live our most vital lives, we need to think in the future to help us make optimal decisions. We need to think about how we're spending our time. And thinking beyond today, thinking into the future is something humans do better than any other creature. Now, we can go deep into our minds. We can contemplate our tomorrow. Think about that. Does your dog really contemplate tomorrow? You know, do plants contemplate tomorrow? Maybe. I don't know. But when we think about tomorrow, it opens the door to dreaming greatly. But it also invites worry. And we think about the future me, the future you. What can or should we be doing? Now, when you dive into the science behind this, it's quite fascinating. And as we focus... Uh, on our future selves or, you know, thinking about how to respect our future self. Too often we think too far into the future. But the, the data suggests that short time horizons are better because beyond one month, our future self becomes fuzzy. Now, let's talk about this work from Hal Hirschfield, a UCLA professor. He, he had this hypothesis a long time ago that humans would make better decisions if we were more connected to our future self. So like that concept of respecting your future self. If you literally were closer psychologically connected to your future self, um, you would have a better life. That was his hypothesis. He was trying to come up with a way to measure that. And he came up with a fascinating idea. He came up with this idea of a circle, which would represent your current self, and a circle that would represent your future self. And then he came up with sort of a seven point scale of these circles more closely intersecting or overlapping. And that created a graphical measurement tool that you can see on the Vitality Explorer site. Um, but he, he called it the Hirschfeld diagram, or it was called according to the paper that was published, Hirschfeld diagram of pairs of circles representing current and future self. He then looked at a 10-year longitudinal data set of 
about 5,000 people. And here's what he found. A closer connection with our future selves correlated with, wait for it, better fitness, better finances, and better all overall, overall well-being. So you're more fit, your finances were better, and you were overall well, uh, better. Um, and he also estimated one's perception of one's self-predicted uh, life satisfaction. And here's the primary conclusion, quote, primary conclusion from the paper, quote, greater perceived similarity to the future self is linearly associated with greater life satisfaction. Okay, so that's sort of sciencey version of like that basically says there's a direct correlation with how closer you are to your future self to your life satisfaction. Pause for a second and think about that. That's the idea of respecting your future self. So the closer you are connected to your future self, the more life satisfaction you're going to have. Now, other research suggests that our future, again, becomes blurrier as we move past a month or certainly three or nine months. And that, that data suggests that we should target one week or one month in order to optimize our, our overall well-being. And this is a different paper that was published in 2021. Again, you can see the graphs, you can see the data, you can see the abstracts on the Vitality Explorer Substack site. Um, but here's what they found, is the practice of respecting your future self has significant vitality value. And thinking about your future self has, quote, profound consequences for our health, happiness, and financial security. Now, we don't often talk a lot about finances on Vitality Explorers. There's you know, literally dozens, hundreds, thousands of different sites and, I, and, and better people than me that talk about your finances. But think about this concept. This is a vitality concept of respecting your future self can, by scientific data, lead you to have better finances. And that just actually makes sense, right? If you know you're going to be around in, in a year, two, five years, your future self is screaming at you to take better care of your money, to take better care of your body, to take better, better care of your relationships. So here's sort of, sort of the Vitality Explorer analysis and recommendations. Um, significant scientific data supports thinking about your future self. So think about what you could be like in, in a week or a month and carry on. It's kind of a little weird, but carry on a conversation with your future self. Become a savvy investor in your future self. Spend your time, your talent, and your treasure wisely pursuing your daring dreams. Now, I, I, I know this is easy to talk about but and a lot harder to do. So let's get back to that idea of thinking about it, writing it down, and then action, okay? So there you can think about it and look up the million second challenge, which is another thing we've talked about in terms of time. But understand that if you do not think of your future self, you're not gonna be as vital. And if you do, you're gonna be better off physically, financially, and overall. So begin today to respect your future self. Here's another example of how you can do that. And this is the second thing we're gonna talk about this week on Vitality Explorer the Vitality Explorer podcast is to skip the pills and hit the gym and why exercise is a natural anecdote to inflammation. So remember, inflammation is your enemy, right? Um, you, you do need it in the short run for acute inflammation if you're fighting off an infection or if you have a cut or post-surgery, but chronic inflammation is bad for you. So this past weekend, my daughter Katie and I ran um, the San Jose Turkey Trot prior to seriously overindulging on pumpkin pie, pumpkin cheesecake, which was awesome, turkey stuffing and the rest of it. But 
running a 5k prior to um, overindulging was a great way to kick off the holiday weekend. But here's the interesting data. Uh, and again, we, uh, we love on Vitality Explorers to talk about data and not just opinion, but new data suggests that even moderate exercise can reduce our body's inflammation much, like taking something like ibuprofen or Motrin. So walking um, moderately for 30 minutes or lifting weights three times a week really can be beneficial. And this data is based on this paper, the quote, the effect of exercise on cytokines implications for musculoskeletal health. So the you know concept of exercising mod uh, mod modulating inflammation was the primary conclusion. And again, we should think of exercise as a natural anti-inflammatory pill because our muscles release small proteins called myokines when we contract them. We've talked about myokines before, but this week, we're going to have a little education about IL-6, also known as interleukin-6. And that's because it's one of the primary myokines released when we exercise. And this molecule has emerging data suggesting that it helps control our body's inflammation. And there's a graph on the Vitality Explorer Substack site illustrating how circulating cytokines are released. And cytokines are just little molecules that are, that are released in, from our muscles in response to exercise. So over time, IL-6 starts, but there's other ones called IL-10, IL IL-1RA, and TNFR. These are all you know, you know, alphabet soup of things that come out of our muscles when we exercise. And what's important is, you know, this is crucial to avoid things like diabetes, heart disease, and other ones that are associated with low exercise, high glucose levels, high inflammatory muscle or high high inflammatory uh, markers in your in your blood but what's fascinating is this particular study found an interaction between IL6 and a very important anti-inflammatory marker called IL10 also known as interleukin 10 um, and the mechanism by which these these two interact is, is pretty complex but i think it's crucial evidence this paper that we just mentioned the uh, Exercise, the effect of exercise on cytokines, implications for musculoskeletal health, is really strong evidence to suggest that this is a natural way to reduce your inflammation or a natural anti-inflammatory pill. So we know that exercise should be a fundamental component of our, our living our most vital lives. But did you know that, you know, based on this data, we can say it, that it controls inflammation. Um, so here's the action suggestion for this particular part of the podcast today is to stop binging at the buffet of excuses. Now, I know everybody's super busy. This is the time of the year, the holidays in between Thanksgiving and the end of the year. And committing to exercise 20 minutes, two or three times a week seems daunting. But I know all of us, or myself included, are wasting time. Or we're not really managing our time, which we talked a lot about last week. <clears throat> we're not managing our time well enough. We're complaining or gossiping or doom scrolling on our phones, but we need to plug those life leaks to open up the time to exercise. So maybe you're even just watching too much of the news, which can be polarizing and increase. And it would be interesting to see if watching the news increases your inflammation. I'm going to bet that watching the news increases your inflammation. I'm not saying that to be informed, but it seems to be trying to 
scream and yell at us and just, just get us angry as opposed to searching for solution. Well, we know your body will be in better shape if you exercise. And now we can state based on the scientific data that you're reducing your systemic inflammation when you exercise. So I encourage you to look at the Vitality Explorer Substack site to review some of the data about this. Please leave your comments there or here about how exercise may or may not be helping you. Um, and again, the, the papers that we talked about were the effective exercise on cytokines. Another one was the impact of moderate physical activity on inflammatory markers. Uh, and you can see the references on the Substack site. We're going to finish with some love of this week's Vitality Explorer podcast uh, and specifically oxytocin. And that's the love hormone that interestingly, increases with age. And this is one scientific example of how aging can be beneficial. So oxytocin is something we'll talk about, but it's released in, in the context of positive physical contact, social bonding, uh, childbirth and breastfeeding, and sex. But the good news about oxytocin is it actually increases as we get older. And this love hormone um, is... is very interesting. We'll go into the data based on this paper of oxytocin release increases with age and is associated with life satisfaction and prosocial behaviors. So before we dive into the data about that, let's review what oxytocin is. It's O-X-Y-T-O-C-I-N. It's a hormone that's produced in the hypothalamus, which is deep in your brain, and then released by the pituitary gland, um, and again, you can see a diagram of that. But one of the main functions for oxytocin is to facilitate uterine contractions during childbirth. But again, you can you can release this during a romantic encounter by simply giving someone a hug, or it's one of the reasons why uh, petting or snuggling with your dog really is valuable, not just for your dog, but for you. It's really a feel-good hormone. So more of it should be good for our vitality. But this particular study we're, we're, we're looking at today I had uh, oxytocin blood levels measured in 103 research participants, and then they had their levels measured before and after watching a video of a father describing his feelings about his son dying from brain cancer. So this is kind of a tearjerker video. And interestingly, this specific video has been validated to stimulate oxytocin release. So the participants were also surveyed, surveyed about pro-social behaviors, including things like empathy, gratitude and religious activity, and they were given $40. And this is, this is the interesting part of the study. They were given $40 and the opportunity to donate some or all of that money to St. Jude's Hospital. And actually St. Jude's Hospital is where the video was made. So the results of this study were flat out fascinating. So first of all, oxytocin release was higher in the older research participants compared to the younger ones. And you can see the data on that and the chart there. So there was a positive correlation between age and the change in oxytocin after uh, watching the video. So the other thing is older people gave more money to charity than the younger people. And it was almost three times more, well, two and a half times more in the, in the over 65 group they gave $12.46 out of their 40 bucks versus the 18 to 35 year olds only gave $4.65. So they gave like 10% versus almost 30%. How's that right? Something like that. So they, they were you know, maybe 25%, but significant difference in 35, 36 to 64 gave $9. So what you're, what you're seeing is a straight up curve of older people had higher levels of oxytocin release. 
They gave more money to charity. And um, interestingly, the, the higher your religious commitment correlated also with more oxytocin re uh, release. So the, the study further found that, and, and very, this is the most important thing, that life satisfaction correlated with higher levels of oxytocin release. And they concluded that, quote, the neural chemistry that sustains social relationships uh, uh, and, and a, a life fulfilled appear to strengthen with age. So this is the one time that I found that one time. There's a, a few of them. One of the very few times that getting older is a positive thing. You release more oxytocin. So um, I think this is fascinating. It's interesting. And we, again, we're not here to just talk about things. We're talking about how can we act upon this scientific information? So here's the action suggestion. And this is pretty much cost free, right? Go find somebody and give them a hug. If they're you know, asking for permission to give them a hug, of course, it has to be positive physical contact. That's number one. Number two is just be more empathetic with the family member or friend. Third is to be generous with your community, with your time, your talent, your money. And fourth, if you don't have a dog, go find a dog to pet or walk or, or maybe a cat. I don't know if it works for a cat. But any sort of way you can improve your oxytocin release, you're going to ha have higher levels of life satisfaction. Um, so I found that fascinating that, that this is the one thing that gets better with age. Again, this week we've been talking about how to respect your future self. We've been talking about how to skip the pills and hit the gym. And then we finished with oxytocin, the love hormone that increases with age. I, I hope you've enjoyed this week's Vitality Explorer podcast. What we're trying to do again with this is to take the friction out of staying vital. So it takes a lot of my time and effort to review these studies, to reduce them to the, the posts on the Vitality Explorer podcast uh, in a coherent fashion. We're trying to, to shorten up the post and shorten up the podcast so that you are able to, in a very short amount of time, get access to cutting edge, scientific, up-to-date information about how to live your most vital life. And again, this week, we hope we've added to that. We'll go back to that quote from Abraham Lincoln. If you uh, quote, the most reliable way to predict the future is to create it. The most reliable way to predict the future is to create it. So if you're trying to do something and you're not getting where you need to go, be a creator of your future. Respect your future self and get after it. Uh, again, you can find the references on Vitality Explorer podcast or the Vitality Explorer Substack site. If you're enjoying this, please share this widely with your friends and family, and please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And until next time, get out there, respect your future self, and dare to be vital. Thank you very much for listening.